Oh. Are we live right now? Oh. We are live, y'all. Let's go, let's go. No, we're not taking a picture. Hey, welcome to our podcast. Um, I think it's been a while since we've got on here. Let's do a quick round of introductions and go for it. So my name is Ben. You've made up heard uh, me a couple times, especially with tea time with Ben and Julia. Um, I'm currently out in the field. We're starting this new segment called Action Assembly, part of our programming as part of all of our fieldwork trips. And as a part of Action Assembly, we do leadership development for our young volunteers on the ground. This podcast being one iteration of that programming. So we have, I'm here with my fellow Gen Zs, even though I am aging out of that category. Um, we can do a quick round of introductions and get to it. Angie. Um, so my name is Angeline Eliero Mateo. I go by Angie. Um, yeah, and I'm here from um, Shelton, Washington, just having some fun time uh, supporting these amazing candidates that we'll go further later. All right. Uh, I'm Matthew. Um, hmm, you've probably seen me or heard of me oh somewhere. I don't know. Um, from Maryland. Um, coming in, trying to help out as much as I can in Virginia. Hey, y'all. I'm Puya. Um, traveling from Seattle. Y'all probably have seen me at events on Zoom. Um, or if you haven't, looking forward to seeing you in person in Seattle or in other states. Um, as other folks said, we're here in Virginia. Knock on doors for great candidates, doing leadership development, political education, all of the above. So, Super exciting. Indeed. I realize now that we may have, we, I think it would have been a good idea to have an episode before this one that talked about why we're in Virginia and the work that we're doing instead of just diving straight into the action assembly programming. That is completely irrelevant, I think, to <laughs> knocking on doors with the candidate. But you know what? Tune in later this evening for something very similar when we actually maybe pass the mic around to the entire team and you can have a little bit of um, an idea of what we're doing here in Arlington. And yeah, so as I mentioned, if you were thinking about, um, if you thought that this episode was going to go into what we're doing out here in Virginia, you're wrong. This episode is going to be the four of us here talking about what it's like to be a young person navigating, organizing in political spaces with people who sometimes have more experience than us, may have more money than us, may have more influence than us, but at the same time, we are all collaborating and working together towards a common purpose and a common goal. Um, and what's that like, right? So we'll talk barriers, we'll talk challenges, but we can't stop there. We'll also talk mindsets and solutions and techniques in navigating all of those dynamics. So I think, I don't know who wants to start us off. Well, I think um, of course, Matthew, you go. There, there, there's like a there's an open-mindedness um, that has to come, you know, that that really makes that relationship um, successful. Um, but it, it also makes it symbiotic, and and in that relationship, I'm talking about between the uh, the older, um, mostly retired, but but generally vastly successful. Um, volunteers and then the lesser, younger, experienced, um, you know, staff or staff adjacent or, or leads that we have on these trips, these um, 
these relationships remain successful because everybody is very open-minded. Um, you know, there's a lot that I can learn from um, an older white volunteer as a black man, and then vice versa. There's a lot that they can learn from me as well because our identities are vastly different. Um, our upbringings are different. You know, our culture is different. Um, and the environment that we come from is different. You know, um, a, lot of, a lot of these volunteers are also, thank you, Chuck. Chuck just gave me uh, my espresso. Chuck, you can also sit. Um, Enjoy. I'm going to go get my coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah, go get your, go get your coffee, Chuck. Um, but, yeah, and, and so it – that rela that relationship um it truly feeds both um both groups of people or or all groups of people because we all approach it from a very open minded um standpoint yeah I feel like you summed it up pretty well um but I feel like outside of being just like open minded um I think there's that like common purpose that like folks come in to do good um and they are willing to be uncomfortable which is really really helpful for us um i think when we go on these trips especially like field work trips they're usually like five six days long um we spend a lot of time together um and even if you travel with your family your loved ones that you know them for possibly years spending like a week together can be difficult um people have different habits behaviors that you kind of like put up with um so when you go on these trips with like 10 15 20 30 people um that you just have no idea who they are you are signing up to be uncomfortable which i really appreciate so each trip um even if, with folks that i've you know traveled multiple times it is a new experience in a way because the group dynamic is different um and everybody comes with that open heart and open mind um, and willing to be uncomfortable, uh, willing to learn and grow. Um, and that willingness on the part of like older volunteers uh, who are you know more influential, possibly wealthier, more experienced, all of those things helps me um, become more comfortable in that position. Their willingness to be there helps me navigate that space better. Um, and for me to be open-minded that like, I can learn from these people. These folks have some of them have like years of experience in like things that I'm really interested about. For example, I'm interested in law and some of these folks have been like top lawyers at these like companies and organizations that is just fascinating to me. So for me to have the opportunity to just sit down and talk to them about the work that I've done is really, really valuable. Um, and it's, I'm like grateful to see me to have this opportunity because I would not be having that opportunity to sit down with these folks and learn from them. So um, I think there's that willingness of like being uncomfortable also, this is a unique opportunity um, to really learn and grow. I think one of the words that comes to mind is, like, we're here to enrich each other's lives, like, not only through, like, experience, wisdom, and um, I don't know other words, but, like, you get it. Um, we're just, we're here to experience and support and, like, um, do great work, and one of the things that Puya said that I like really like yes that makes so much sense that's a good way of saying it and explaining it is um like the willingness to learn from each other and then also like connect and then one thing like just like ha share the knowledge that we have and then um I mean today one of our candidates had talked about um what was it again 
network. Yeah, network poverty. <laughs> um, and then being able to talk to another, uh, even though she's a millennial, um, to another um, volunteer about it, like having that connection and then being able to like articulate the thoughts that went on during the conversation with the candidate and then being able to further in and dive a little deeper, like share like lived experiences is really um, nice because then again, if you need to reach or like absorb, you know, to fully absorb what was going on, you can have that experience. Yeah. I like how we jumped right into mindset, I think. And I think that speaks to like how that is a core um value at cp is the mindset that you all need to bring to do this work together and do it long term um i was a little surprised when i like kind of like heard each of you went because that's not exactly what i where i imagined this conversation would go which is amazing um because i originally like my okay i feel like a lot of thoughts are going through my head but i felt like for me when i first started cp to like to be frank here right i was one of the few people of color doing field work especially a young person of color. And I think it speaks to like the experiences that you all have had, um, Matthew, Puya, Angie, moving forward, how we have made it so that you all come out of that experience feeling this instead of the way that I felt way in the beginning. Um, because like when I came in uh, as a team lead in, I think even in like 2021, this is really cool because we're in Virginia and Virginia two years ago is where I first knocked my first door. So kind of like coming back, kind of brought back those memories, you know, but I remember being one of the few young people on a trip, being one of the, a few young person of color on the trip, and it felt that I had to fight, you know, like, like, in not like the, I'm going to square up and like, you know, take down all your suggestions, good or bad, right? But in a way where I like had to speak out more than I usually had to just for people, because I felt like that was how people would remember me, you know, or take me seriously. Um and even even then there it was coupled with the fact that like i've never knocked on a door before so i had i had both of these like i know my opinions are valuable and i know i have good suggestions and also i've never done this before right so i think back then i think our mindset wasn't as articulated as well as like they are now and we found how to articulate that during those early trips because i think that was like one of the first times that we came back together post pandemic we were all in remote ops uh before all of that so um to me that mindset took work and took practice i think and there were moments where I had to like make a decision where I'm, where I had to look at someone who was telling me what to do. And that's like my perception of it, right? But I had to actively think and say, they're just trying to make sure that we talk to a voter in the best way possible. Like they had good intentions because Puya's right, we all come here wanting to do good. And I felt like I had to like keep that thought running in my head to see the best in everybody's um, actions and really move forward with that in mind or else I felt like I would have get bogged down with like what are these people talking to me about you know like coming in here thinking like they know better than I do and that is just like a spiral of thoughts that you can get stuck in so um I feel also very grateful to have our mindset where we intentionally get ourselves out of that but I also want to ask my fellow podcasters here if there was ever a time where you had to actually thought 
to yourself, I'm going to make a better decision. I'm going to think kindly about this person and what they said to me and what they have done because I have to believe that that's what they're doing. I, I mean, yeah, I, I did that a lot. Um, when, when I first started traveling, um, kind of, because I mean, I think when I personally started, um, doing this, like the idea of, um, working with somebody who was, you know, three times my age, about, about 15 times as successful and about 40 times as, as experienced, um, it was shocking to me and, and it was new. Um, and, and especially given that, uh, for the most part, because obviously volunteering is a privilege, so the demographic of most volunteers are white and older. And so working with, with these people, this was a, uh, this is a fresh, um, experience for me. And, uh, coming into it, it, it was scary at first, um, because I had, you know, my own implications about how I thought I'd be received, like you were talking about earlier, Ben. Um, and so there, there were times where, um, I had to make a leap of faith and, you know, and, and give people the benefit of the doubt. And I think the, the beauty of, um, you know, the system and, and the way it's been formed about, um, you know, how intentional carpools are, how intentional our groups are when we canvass and everything like that. Um, it, it dispels any and all doubt. Um, because every time I gave somebody the benefit of the doubt, um, or anytime, you know, I took that risk, I was rewarded. Um, and, you know, there were bumps along the way, um, but it's the it's the willingness to accept that and move forward and progress. Um, it's that that you know that willingness to learn um, not only from them but also from from us as well because um, it works both ways. But um, that's that's what kind of kept me uh, going and, and and really made me believe um, in this whole progress. It was it was literally just the will to learn. Um, Without it, I don't think it would ever work. Yeah, I think there have been definitely situations and, um, you know, instances where some older volunteers have said something or have done something. Um, I feel like I always go back to thinking what was the intention. I feel like if they had been on a trip with CP, um, knocking on doors, being in heat, weather whatever the condition is usually it's either pretty warm and pretty door knocking or pretty cold um if they're willing to be in those conditions walking i don't know seven eight miles a day um they're often like three four times my age something like that um i think they're like their heart is in a very good place that they're willing to do that spending their money time resources everything to be there um so i always think okay they may have said something um, but there was no intention. It may that doesn't take the harm away necessarily, uh, but it definitely does impact it. Um, that I don't think okay, this person wanted to hurt me, um, or somebody else that was I don't know, in the car or anything like that. So um, if I see, you know, if it seems like it is the right situation to say something, I will be honest with them and say something about it. Um, but at times I'm like, there was no big harm in that statement. Um, there was no intention around hurting me or somebody else. Um, so I don't actually feel like it's as much of a big deal to me. Um, I think a lot of folks our age just take that like intentionality out of it or just focus a lot on the impact. Um, and for me, I feel like if you don't have that intention, um, 
it's not as bad for me, I guess you can say. Because um, I'm also an immigrant, and when you move to a new country with new culture, new kind of language and everything, it's kind of difficult, you know? Mm. You may say things that you don't actually really mean. So I'm like, it is a very, very real possibility that I've said some stuff when I first moved that, you know, buzz other people. I was like, oh, why didn't you say that? Without really knowing. I feel like that could be the same situation. They just don't know. Um, so to penalize people for not knowing, um, I feel like it's wrong. Um, so I feel like going back and telling them, okay, this is probably not what you meant, but here's how you, you know, perhaps, you know, said something that was not correct. Um, I think it helps them grow um, and helps me grow too. So what like intentions matter. And I think, at least for me, I grew up um, in a household that was also like with mixed statuses with three different generations um, and then different like growing up in like different socioeconomical situations, but then also different educational levels and then also being bilingual, like trying to navigate that, I think. And living in like a rural more rural and um predominantly white county um it was really interesting actually i feel like i haven't had that like words or actions that really bothered me from like other volunteers and i feel like i've been really supported by the other gen zers when they noticed something and i didn't i wasn't aware that it was um an action that i took um, like, I didn't absorb it as an offense or, like, not saying that all of these are offenses and stuff, but that they were actions that could have been, like, harmful if I had been aware. Um, and I think that's really interesting. And then being able to also learn from the other Gen Zers that are going through that situation. And then, you know, seeing their growth and then being like, oh, if I was aware, um, how would I have gone through that situation? Um, but yeah, I think one thing that I have learned a bit more is like awareness and body language. And like, even though I do come here open-minded and like I said, I'm not aware that there's certain, um, things that I should be looking out to like protect myself. Um, it does like help dispel like some biases that I didn't know I had, um, and then grow from that. And then Again, I'm learning leadership at school, and so it's like, oh, how can I use my um, my experiences here to, like, one, like, learn and dig more into it, but then also use that to, like, personally grow how I'm going to be in the future, whatever future workforce I go into. Yeah, can I ask really quick, are we all immigrants slash children of immigrants? Yeah. Yeah? Matthew from both sides of your family, right? Um, yeah, my both my parents um, <clears throat> came to the U.S. in the 80s from Guyana. Mm-hmm, okay. Yeah, and uh, I came with my parents and my family when I was seven from Vietnam. And... I was 14 when I moved to the States. Um, I was born here, but my both my parents came from different Latin American countries. Um, and then my oldest sister is also a resident, and so right now she's going through her citizenship um, test and, like, that process. So I'm, like, kind of, like, feeling it, and, you know, I get to go through it with her. And then also my mom 
getting asylum um, when I was younger. It's like, we, you know, growing from that opportunity or seeing them. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. I just kind of like um, connected some dots. I don't know what picture I'm going to draw from this. But like, like talking about, I think when Parisa talked yesterday, she talked about how um, being an immigrant and being the person in her family that knew English meant that she had to navigate systems from a very young age that she didn't, that no one taught her not enough how to navigate, right? And I felt like that really resonated with me because I, w- I was in a very similar situation. Also, like as an immigrant, um, there were just things that you just had to do, even if you weren't ready for it, right? And I felt like those skills kind of translates to now in this question where like, how do I operate with people with more power, with people with more money? Well, I always have, you know? And um, I think, I don't know, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but it feels like, it feels like just, just because you are um, young or inexperienced or you may not know much, does not mean that you have, don't have the skills to move forward, you do. Like, yeah, I feel like, um, you know, my mom, when, when we moved, um, in Iran, she was like real go-getter. Um, mm-hmm. women do have a lot of limitations in Iran and all of that stuff, but she was like, if she wanted to get something done, she would just like go at it and she would get it done. Like when it comes to like the school system, like it is complex to navigate it. And with all the limitations around, like, even though she was like my mom and she was like the guardian, they would not like treat her as like. Like they don't treat women as like as though she's a guardian. She's like, oh, you need a father, and she was like, BS. Like, I'm, you know, this kid's mom. I'm his guardian. You gotta answer me. So she was like, real go getter. And then she moved to the United States, and now she can speak English that well. Um, she can speak like day to day, but you know, not enough to be able to like do other stuff. But now, like, she pushed me to do it. She was like, now you got to become, like, my advocate. <laughs> so I feel like you kind of, like, get thrown into it. So, like, now you became an advocate for not for yourself, but also for your family, for your brothers, for your other family members, possibly. Um, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. I feel like you just kind of get thrown into it. You're like, okay, now i got to deal with other, I don't know, like organizations and agencies and all of these things that you never thought you would have to deal at a young age. Um so you get kind of used to like navigating those areas, working with different people of like different backgrounds and you know people who are wealthier and more powerful than you and trying to persuade them to do the things that you want them to do. Um, so it's kind of similar skills in a way that we would need to navigate the spaces like this that we're in right now, CV um, and politics in general. But I think it's a weird, that's a good point about like being an immigrant. I like that. Yeah, I think it's... Um... I think it's like the perfect alignment of things um, <clears throat> because we're all we're all used to being outliers. Um, and I say that because like our experiences are not the average experience of, you know, children in America. Right. And so like we were talking the other day about how CP is a unicorn amongst organizations, nonprofits, whatever. Um, not not only in, 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 you know, the type of work we do and how we do it, but also how CP operates, right? Um, like, it completely reverses the corporate scheme that you see in the workplace. Like, we've got younger minority folks leading successful, older, more experienced people. Um, 
and and so I, I think like everything lines up perfectly um, in, in the sense that like when we get here to this point, like we've we've already been been kind of going against the grain in a way. Um, so you know, I think it's it's a commonality in CP for a, a lot of us to have already been um, in this position as an outlier and to continue that and be proud of that um, because that's something that, you know, continues to shape us um, and continues to, to, to make us ready for this type of work. I think one thing that, like going back to what I said at the beginning about um, net, network poverty is like this is like growing our um, like skills and like our navigational capitals um, about how to like work around um, different people and what we would experience, but also like this is us connecting and like future, you know, getting future like help for whatever reason. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to wrap up really quick now um, because podcast shouldn't be longer than 35 minutes. Um, but I think, I think we've kind of like gone through the original question is how do young people, right? And I feel like what we discovered in like the last half hour is that like we're not just young people. We're people, young people of color. We're young people of color who are immigrants. And there are certain life circumstances that gave us skills, whether we asked for them or not. We did learn them. And um, we use that to navigate these power structures that we find ourselves in and we will continue to find ourselves in. And I think we being intentional with how we do it, being intentional with looking out for people who are like us, and also having a system, an organization structure that allows us to do this and supports us in doing so is are all decisions that we each make, right? It's not just like, oh, I just happen to come here with really cool people and we just all happen to align and do really cool things together. I think every time, everywhere along the way, things were built up and built around us so that we can have this experience. Um, and so Puyo went off somewhere, <laughs> but that is okay because I was gonna go around. <laughs> I was gonna go around and ask, like, do you have one last thing comment to say another young person who may be feeling isolated or um, a little pessimistic? about doing what they want to do in um, environments that may not allow them to do so because of their age or of the color of their skin or of their experience level. Like, what what would you say, kind of? Um, <clears throat> I think in many ways, um, comfortability and consistency is a curse and struggle is an asset. Um, and and I, think, I think using the problems that you're faced with, no, really, I think using the I'm problems- I'm laughing at you. I think using the problems that you're faced with um, and the differences that you're given um, can can take you to to much higher places uh, in life, physically, mentally, morally, uh, emotionally. Um, so be proud, you know, of of the things that make you different. Uh, be proud of being an outlier. Um, you know, be proud of of you know being weird, being an outcast, whatever the case may be. Um, because everything is about perspective. What's weird to you is, uh, or what may be weird to other people is, is normal, you know, and, and uh, comforting to you. Um, so yeah, be proud, be proud of those um, problems and, and be proud of the journey um, to, to solving those problems. Yeah, what's that common power saying about 30, 
percent. No, no, no. Okay. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm wanted, just saying. You want to say it? You want to say it? Just say it. Okay. okay. Be a hundred percent comfortable with seventy percent certainty. Yeah. So like we. <laughs> We've made it this far. Like, I think just hearing us at this table and, like, even, I mean, I have a lot of faith. Um, but, like, if you're listening to this, I mean, you're, you're going somewhere. Like, you know? Okay. Anyways. Okay. Um, but you came here with, you know, certain skills already and you're choosing to, um, further that. And I think that in itself is, like, amazing and, um, just being okay with uncertainty is okay too and being and then also like absorbing what you know you're feeling and then um seeing like what can I take out of this because I've gotten this far already and I think that's really important to to recognize Buya skirted his little button just in time um but I'm gonna we are wrapping up uh so one one sentence you would say to someone who might not have the support structures or systems that we do who might feel a little alone when they think about what they're trying to do. One sentence. You want me to go first while you think? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would say um, catalog where your support comes from and where your and where your frustrations stem from, because there will people be people who listen to what you say. There will be people who are willing to stand in your corner, but you have to be observant and look out for them and lean into them. Um, I think one thing I learned is that you can't just wait for support. You have to seek it out. Like you can't wait for someone to say, hey, I'm going to pull you up now. You know, they won't come. So you will have to look for people who are willing to extend a hand and grab it. That was two sentences. Uh, but, okay, well, yeah, let's run on. But that was, a bit, that was like a paragraph. Um, you can do less. I will do less. Um, my suggestion would be to show up wherever you can um, and put yourself out there. It will be tough. It will take time. Um, it will not be easy. But if you show up, people will notice. Um, so show up, show out. Let's go, Puyo. You said show up three times. Okay. Failure is not defeat. Okay, stop. Stop. We're okay. All right, y'all. See you later this evening. Thank you for listening in. We're going to stop the live right now.